Welcome once again to my podcast series. In this episode, I will relate the story, myth and legend, of one of Ireland's most famous pipers, Thomas McCarthy of Dune Valley Bunyan, who lived from 1799 and died in 1904. Through his legendary pipes, the piper experienced a scenic landscape that shaped his life. The bloodthirsty landlords and evictions, and the great Irish Holocaust or famine, all interwoven into Danny Houlihan's Irish experience. Along the cliffs of Dune I wander, the sounds of nature fills my heart. My pipes bring forth the tunes of old Neptune, for I am Carty the Piper. On a cold day in a mud cabin in the year of 1799, a baby boy was born to a local family called McCarthy. This baby was called Thomas. In the decades to follow, his name would be known around the world as Carty the Piper. The ancestral home of the Piper was located a mile and a half just beyond the local parish church of Dune Valley Bunyan. A small mud cabin with a thatched roof with a smoky chimney, welcomed the newborn child to the McCarthy household. The extensive views of the Shannon estuary could be seen from the winding road from the house and the famous cliffs of Bramore stood out in the distance. This set the scene for the inspirational life of Carty the Piper. Thomas McCarthy's family were well known and respected in the area of Dune. From local sources, it has been stated that the family were cobblers. Thus the family could survive poor times at the dawn of the 1800s. We read in the baptismal records for Dune Church from the years 1831 onwards. We can link several McCarthy brothers and sisters. Joanna, born in 1806. Daniel, born in 1811, died in 1876. Timothy was born in 1814. Margaret was born in 1817 and Mary born in 1821. These quoted names and dates are from the old Dune Church records from 1831 onwards. In his early days in Dune, Thomas and his brothers and sisters would have played along the famous cliffs of Dune and Bramore. The Devil's Castle towered from the estuary and the eagles nested from its lofty peak. The wild poppers could be seen and the gulls cried from the cliffs near Dune Castle and in the distance the remains of the castle could be seen. Further out in the estuary, the sailing ships were anchored in the safety of Kilcardan. It is not known when Thomas McCarthy was first introduced to the pipes, but local historians have stated that at the dawn of the 1800s in the area, war pipes or bagpipes were commonly used by the English army at the time. Carty would have seen those pipes in the nearby town of Ballybunion and the Stole. This instrument could be learned relatively quickly. During the 1800s in the North Kerry area, there were several hunting and fishing lodges. These lodges were used by gentry for hunting and fishing. At evening time, their guests were entertained by local invited musicians and dancers. In the Ballybunion area, George Houston, landlord of Innismore, had a number of lodges in the town. 
one of which was located on Church Road. North of Thomas McCarthy's home was Litter House, the home of Dr. Wren. This family were well known in the area of Astee and Beale. According to local sources, it was at one of these musical evenings at Litter House, while Thomas McCarthy was playing the big pipes in front of a large audience. During the evening's festivities, a travelling piper was there and joined the group with a set of Ilham pipes. Thomas McCarthy, thus realising the potential of the Ilham pipes, obtained a set, but according to local tradition, made a set. His musical journey as a piper commenced. The transition from outblown bagpipe to Ilham pipe would not have taken Thomas McCarthy too long to master. I have carried out the same transition myself. Within about one month, it would have taken Thomas McCarthy to master the bellows. The chanter on the Ilham pipe has a range of two octaves from the older wall pipe having only one and one note, an instrument of many capabilities. The reeds for Carthy's pipes were made by himself at his home at Doon, which took several days to make, and voice. The use of alder and other available woods was used. Cane was hard to obtain in those poor times, but cannot be ruled out. Tools were readily available at the Carthy home at Doon, and the tradition of leatherwork meant that the bag or reservoir for the pipes could be fashioned and stitched by himself. The Ilham pipes, then being fitted with reeds, gave Thomas McCarthy the stepping stone to becoming one of Ireland's most famous pipers. During the 1700s and early 1800s, the Great House was a place for work for local servants. Minstrels such as Thomas McCarthy would play his pipes for the guests and entertain them after their hunt or evening meal. It was at these events in the North Kerry area that Carty the Piper built up his reputation as a musician. Also, he brought much-needed money into the home of the McCarthys at Doon. In 1846 and 1847, the Great Irish Holocaust or Famine took place when the potato crop failed. Over one million women, men and children perished during this period. The town of Ballybunny was not prepared for the onslaught of the famine even though there was a salmon fishery at the Cashin. This did not help the situation. In May 1846, there was over 475 families with no potatoes. Other families would not last into the month of June. This coupled with evictions by local bloodthirsty landlords who evicted their tenants. It was during this sad period that Thomas McCarthy would have played his famous pipes as the dead were being buried and as they left for the workhouse in the stall. This period in the life of Thomas McCarthy was a bleak one, and that of his family. Thomas McCarthy would have witnessed the lonely, hungry wanderers as he walked from Ballybunnan Castle to Doon. For nearly 65 years, Thomas McCarthy entertained thousands of visiting visitors in the Ballybunnan area. His most famous spot was a rocky promontory fort with an old Geraldine castle on it called Ballybunnan Castle. There he entertained, to the delight of everyone who heard him, old airs, jigs and hornpipes, were played with great expression by Carty, including one of his favourites, The Hare is in the Corn. Many dignitaries commented that in the breeze the sound of the pipes carried to the strand below. Adding to the festive nature of the developing Ballybunion of the period, a Victorian Ballybunion was prevailing, seaweed bats and the game of golf. To many, Thomas McCarthy was unusual. 
Many questioned, where did he get his tunes from? Who taught him? Some locals said he was taught by ghouls or ghosts. Others debated his art daily. Carty the Piper was unique. What is known of Carty the Piper? Is after a day's playing on the famous Castle Green, a whisky at the old railway bar and the Hibernian, the Piper would walk along the cliffs of Dune, listening to the birds chirping, the seals in the seal's cave, dogs barking, the crashing waves on the shoreline of Dune. Then on the following day, repeated what he had learned on the pipes, much to the amazement of all who would pause and listen to his famous music. Carty's legend was building to such an extent. A short verse was penned pre-First World War on a postcard bearing his famous image. I like to hear Tannhauser on a fine orchestral band or listen to Pedreski when he's playing on a grand. But there's something more enchanting to the heart that is Irish-born to hear old Tom McCarthy playing the hare among the corn. In mythology, Carty the Piper was very well represented in the area of Ballyboyne. Tradition relates, one May evening, as Thomas McCarthy was walking home from Ballyboyne Castle, he took the path from Pukenee Castle along by Clancy's Fort. Just beyond the Bay of Coonaheshka, the Bay of the Fish, Carty sat down on the wall of Dune Castle, just within a short distance from his home. Taking out his pipes, Carty played a new tune he was working on. The piper had no sooner started his tune than a serpent emerged from the sea and started to engage the piper as he played. Carty could not move as the tune angered the creature. As the wave lashed, so did the serpent. Thomas McCarthy was in fear of his life. It was not over until the piper finished his composition and the serpent looked at him and returned to his underwater cavern near the castle. Thomas McCarthy married a Margaret Connor on the 16th of August, 1838. His family was Anna, Thomas, Patrick and John, and all resided at Dune Valley Bunyan. It is stated that in 1852, Thomas McCarthy was resident in Tarbert, due to the fact that the pier at Tarbert was a very busy place for shipping and thus the need for a musician like Thomas McCarthy. It is also noted that Thomas McCarthy was a musician who travelled out, and it has been stated also that he played at one occasion for the Knight of Glynn. In 1868, we know that Carty the Piper walked the long road down to Litter House to perform for Professor P.D. Reedy, who was a dance master from Castle Island, by request of Dr. Wren. That occasion was well noted in local history circles. At the end of the 1800s, Carty the Piper was also linked with another location, Piper's Cross, just on the outskirts of the Zelton in North Kerry. This crossroad winds its way to Ballylochran House, the home of the Rices. Music was always played there to an always appreciative audience within the confines of that great house. Catty would sit down at Piper's Cross and play for local dancers for hours. Then the great house would invite the Piper to entertain them. Between the years 1885 and 1890, Catty the Piper was still entertaining and playing for dancers on the Castle Green with his famous pipes. Then according to letters of the period, Thomas was a very old man at that stage was still a great piper. It should be noted that during his lifetime, Carty the Piper was a professional musician and supported his family, playing the pipes and earning a small wage. During the lifetime of Thomas McCarthy, his famous place for playing was on the old Castle Green, 
uninterrupted until 1879, when the local landlord, George Hewson, barred the piper and locals access to the famous Castle Green. The reason was the landlord was calling at the face of the castle for rock and also attempting to sell the old castle grounds. Carty the piper was not put off about this, but brought his pipes and set them up outside the door of the castle hotel, ran by the local landlord. This angered the landlord, George Hewson. Carty the piper could not be beaten. Father Mortimer O'Connor, the then parish priest of Ballybunion, took litigation against the landlord, with the resulting case being fought out in court. The priest won the right of way onto the Castle Green and Cliff Road. Carty the Piper was returned to his spot again on the famous Castle Green, uninterrupted until his death. In June 1904, Thomas McCarthy, the famous Ballybunion Piper, fell ill, and with no medical attendant, passed away on the 3rd of August, 1904. His death certificate cites the medical reasons. Old age at 105 years, three months with no medical attendant. His death was witnessed by his son, Patrick, who was at his bedside. Thomas McCarthy was buried in Kilconley Cemetery. Being such a famous piper like Thomas McCarthy, the story does not end here. Carthy goes down into legend. After Carthy's death, his famous pipes lay in the house in Dune for a short while. Carthy's wish was, before he died, was his pipes were to be buried with him. This wish was never carried out. The pipes were later sold to an O'Sullivan man from Ballyhaig. So happy he was with his new pipes that he placed them over the fireplace and went to bed. According to O'Sullivan, Carthy's pipes played of their own accord, waking the house. O'Sullivan, without haste, jumped into his ass and cart and brought the pipes back to Ballybunion, stating that he would not have them in the house for any money in the world, the evil things. The pipes were then brought to England by Mrs Griffin, who was a granddaughter of Thomas McCarthy. They then lay for years and years in the basement at the family home in Forest Gate. One family member has related to me that he held the famous pipes in his hands shortly before the pipes were presented to Coltus Kjortori Aaron in Dublin in 1971 by Martin Higgins. They were to be restored. This restoration never took place. So what happened to the famous set? One particular story which has to be validated was that the pipes were taken to a pipe maker in Dublin. The story relates that the pipe maker took one look at the pipes, knowing who owned them, and shouted, Put them behind the fire! They'll ate my house out of it. They're full of woodworm. Other sources have stated that the pipe maker was afraid of the pipes and wanted to get rid of them out of his house immediately. After this incident, the pipes have not been seen to date. Contemporary pipes have come to light from time to time, claiming to be Carty's lost set. Thomas McCarthy's famous pipes are still missing. Fueling the speculation amongst locals in the Ballybunnan area, did Carty come back for his pipes? Through his people, its heritage, and its missing set of villain pipes, this is truly Danny Houlihan's Irish experience.